Welcome to another episode of We Like Having Fun, an Office Hours Live recap podcast. We are recapping the Office Hours Live with Tim Heidecker episode from June 4th. It is June 8th. I My name is Mike Carlo. I'm joined by my co-host Carl Cortez out there in Philly. How's it going out there, Carl? It's going. It's a pretty nice Monday, June 8th, 2020. Doing okay out here. How's everything in New York? Uh, things are okay. Obviously, day to day, up and down. Um, things are crazy, uh, but we're we're dealing with it. Uh, it's another week where we're not totally sure if it's necessary to do a podcast episode, but um, because the boys at OHL decided to, we're gonna keep our word and do our part. So, um, uh, Philly was. Uh, I saw some some beautiful images of some huge protests there this week uh did you get involved with any of those uh, carl i wasn't out for the bits last weekend uh yesterday they had one that was specifically skateboarder oriented um that started in center city and then made its way down the parkway um just to say that we're not a fan of police brutality and we are a fan of black lives matter and uh things of that nature did they like open up the streets? Was there like some streets you were able to kind of rip down that maybe normally you wouldn't be able to? Not really. It was really a straightforward path. Uh, that's normally a ha- uh, working with a bike lane, but mm-hmm. in this case, we just took up the whole street, and it was a really big turnout, and it was really cool to see everybody come together for this cause uh, that we're all supporting. Cool. Did you make any? Did you make any new skateboard friends out there? No, I still held true to the to the pandemic um, routine. Oh, okay. Wearing a mask, not yep. talking to too many people. Um, Good work. Things of that nature. But I, I mean, the Philly skate scene's small, so in a sense, like everybody knows each other if you're around long enough. Um, gotcha. So it was just cool to see people show up and support this thing, and to just have a good sense of community with everything that the skate scene here offers. Very good. Well, just to get into the episode here, uh, I just want to say that the show was a great bounce back episode I wrote and had really good energy um, with the, you know, kind of, you know, difficult. It's a very difficult time right now to just come out and be hilarious all the time. I know that a lot of things have kind of shut down, but, um, you know, the boys found their way to, uh, you know, keep it light, but keep it you know, relevant and um, joke around in the kind of right sort of way where, you know, Tim and and everybody kind of say, they say things that are obviously way too far and absurd, but what did you think of the energy coming back? It was good. This show had some guests that I was not too aware of, and it wasn't a show where I knew I, I knew everything that was going to happen, but I thought that everything worked well cohesively, and we were able to get some good interviews and a plethora of good drops. Yeah. Um, okay, first off, I noted Jay the Intern, another Philly boy. Um, could have been you, Carl. Um, I, I like the addition of Jay. It's, I think it's fun to think about an office hours intern and 
he seems like a smart guy, and he talked a little bit about his um, experience at a demonstration. And um, then I noted, um, what's up with Fishtown, Carl, I wrote as a question to ask you. What's going on in Fishtown? Sure. So the Fishtown section of Philadelphia is in the northeast corner from Center City. Um, where it's a mix of people that have been there for a long time, but also an area that's slowly starting to become gentrified. Um, and so select locals in that community um, to combat the looting and everything that was going on last week uh, with the riots. They came together, and to my knowledge, they were just walking the streets with bats and other weapons just to protect where they are to avoid looters from coming through um so that was definitely an eye-opening article to see that uh, although it's a shame that communities have had to come together and protect themselves in that manner uh that's kind of the day and age that we're in but yeah it's a real yeah. thing almost a mob of yeah. sorts sure hopefully that uh, sort of behavior will calm down and um, the demonstrations will become more uh, peaceful across the board um, and maybe some of the anger has um, mellowed out just a bit I mean it's still okay to be angry obviously um, but maybe the destruction of property is, is not so necessary at this point um Next thing I noted was um, they did another flyover bit, which was kind of a callback from a couple weeks ago. And uh, I wrote, did they steal this from us? Because our first episode, we did some flyover drops, and uh, I just threw them in. Uh, and I thought, I thought they worked kind of well for when we were talking about the flyover. And, uh, you know, suddenly I hear them, them doing kind of the same bit. Kind of weird that they called that back again, but... I actually thought their Green Dolphin bit was a funnier way to go with it. But they did that. That was kind of interesting. Um, and then I have uh, Stephen Malkmus um, was the first guest uh, of Pavement. And you said you did not know much about Stephen Malkmus? I've heard Pavement before, but I never knew he was the lead singer. So this was the first time I heard the name or saw him being interviewed but it was cool i thought it was a nice addition and i didn't expect it uh he had a pretty cool marlboro hat i don't smoke but mm -hmm. something about smoking merch is really an interesting uh accessory for me yeah they actually got into to smoking ads which was one of the interesting things they talked about about um how rolling stone like how, how in this day and age they like have sales meetings about selling cigarettes to kids and stuff and just like and they talked about a time years and years ago, I remember this too, and you'd go to bars and um, Camel or somebody would, they'd have like, you know, attractive young girls walking around the bar giving out free cigarettes. And at the time it was sort of awesome, but uh, looking back, it's like, man, that was really a pretty filthy uh, game they were playing, just giving out cigarettes and bars to kids, kind of fucked up, but. Yeah, that was fun. Other than other than that, really, um, the Stephen Malcolmus interview I thought was pretty eh, lackluster. Just just not that exciting. Not a lot of information. They just seemed like they were kind of pals, Tim and he. Um, I thought that if they would have given, um, if Doug would have done his uh, 
pounding the pavement uh, segment that he did in After Hours, that might have been a uh, that would have been interesting to do with with Malcolmus. Um, but yeah, you should check out you should check out Stephen Malcolmus's uh, solo stuff if if you if you at all liked Pavement. Pavement's kind of a skater sort of group, I feel maybe I don't know. Um, and you skate on pavement. There's like a pun in there somewhere. Uh, that, but yeah, that yeah. one's over my head. I wasn't thinking like that. Uh, <laughs> Music's uh, music. Yeah, check out Stephen Malcolm's new record. It's like an acoustic record. I don't remember the name of it offhand, but it's very good. And, um, okay. Um, another thing I noted was Tim had a tagline. He was like, this is going to be my tagline. Was, What's going on in your world? Um, he, he said that a couple weeks ago, or maybe last week. And he had said, this is going to be my tagline. What's what's going on in your corner of the world? So he's changed it. He's working it out. Um, it's kind of funny to think of him and have, have having a tagline every time somebody calls in. Um, but then we got to the Alex Vital or Vitali interview. I thought this was um, a pretty interesting topic, a very a nice serious uh, aside for the show. Uh, Doug and Vic laid off the drops, and they just had a serious conversation. Um, what did you think of that talk, Carl? It was cool. I definitely did not expect the interview to go that long, and I think it's cool that they kind of put the drops to the side and just let the conversation roll because those important those are important topics. Um, just some food for thought. Not that I'm swaying in one direction or the other, but. Uh, just interesting to hear what someone else is coming up with and how uh, the police could be funded or defunded. Just to hear that curiosity or that little spark um, gets people thinking on where our priorities can be. Yeah, I thought it was, I thought like um, my initial reaction was, um, and you've seen it online now maybe, um, or maybe not, but this um, tagline of defund the police, um, which I think, you know, comes a lot from his movement um, in his book. Um, I could see that being problematic. I think just when you hear that, if you're like in conversation, that, those were some words you chose to use. I don't know if they're, if it's the best simplified way to say it, because it sounds like it, you know, I, I like the, you know, there was also like the de-invest and reinvest. Um, I don't know. It might just be like, move priorities you know I, I don't know there might be a better way to do it because i think the idea is is smart and i think that you know finding other jobs and other resources within a community to um you know help a community um rather than just all the funding that goes to the police and um having it such a you know our side your side against our side sort of you know situation is isn't great and um you know, getting more community mentors and community jobs uh, for people to look out for the community in different ways rather than just policing. Um, I think that is a, a really interesting way to, of reform that that could be that could work. But um, yeah, the the wording is a little uh, polarizing, maybe, and I think that's potentially why it's a little bit uh, controversial. What do you think, Carl? Any any thoughts about that? Good information. It's awesome that they provided the link. Uh, he has a lot of research that he put into it from what Tim was saying. So it's nice that he's done his research and gone like talked to a lot of people that are working in that field. Um, 
the one thing that resonated the most with me was when he surveyed select police officers and asked if they were to work as a counselor of sorts for the youth, um, helping them out, given the same pay, same benefits, would they do it? And it sounds as if they just kind of laughed at the idea, um, which, you know, I'm sure. Oh, I thought they, I think, I think, I think he was saying that they laughed because of course they would. Oh. Yeah. I think he was saying like, yeah, a lot of the police officers were like, are you kidding me? Of course. I'd much rather just be like a football coach and counselor if I was going to get this pay and these benefits. Um, I think that was his point was that they, um, you know, yeah, clearly not to have to put yourself in and, you know, carry a gun and put yourself in, in danger and, you know, kind of go at it from a different perspective. Um, but, um, yeah, are you going to read the book or are you going to, you going to go further with it or check it out? What do you think? I know the links there, which is nice. I have it up on one of the tabs, but I also have a lot of other tabs open. Um, yeah. And I'm also not the biggest e-reader. So I think if I had a physical copy of the book, that'd be a different story. Yeah. Well, I think the information that he gave on the show was, was great. I think it was a, a, enough to kind of grasp, and um, you're, I think it's pretty simple to decide whether um, that's something you'd be open to listening to or not. But I think the, the main idea is that it's some sort of reform that uh, everybody in every organ, you know, all across the country should be at least uh, looking into and at least, um, you, know, you know, figuring out if there's things they can do within the communities, but, um, but yeah, so that was nice. That was a nice little break for the boys. Um, I guess what else happened in the show? Um, caller asked about if Tim has been a fan of Howard Stern, where if you are a fan of Tim and been following him, you know that he's a big fan of Howard Stern. He's talked about him a lot, um, a lot how he was a, an influence, but it was kind of a rehash question. Um, are you a fan of Howard Stern? Ever, ever go down that, uh, path? Unfortunately, I've never been a subscriber to what he's on Sirius, right? So yeah, yeah, I haven't been on that. Um, but I've seen bits and pieces that you know end up on YouTube or other gags that he's been continuously running uh, for however long. So that stuff's cool, mm -hmm. and it's definitely something I would be interested in seeing more of. I just don't always know where to see it because I'm not I'm not up for subscribing for stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I could see a similarity. I, I'm a little, I'm kind of surprised that Tim is, it was, has always talked about how he's such a big fan of, of Howard Stern, but yeah, I think Howard does a, a great interview and, and has a pretty wild show. And I think with the Collins, it is a pretty close, um, it's gotta be a close influence for them to just have the, the randoms call. And I think, um, I wonder if Tim, you know, hopes it gets to a point where, everybody's so familiar with what to say when they call and like these little, like I said, taglines and little kind of cues and stuff like Howard Stern's like this crazy inside thing where if you're listening, you either know what's going on or you kind of don't. And it's um sort of a cult sort of a thing, which is cool. Um, then we have uh, Mark Proch calling in as the QAnon uh, guy. Um <laughs> I thought this was by far the funniest part of the episode. Uh, Mark Proch was hilarious in this role. Um, just nailed it. Um, what did you think of the QAnon bit? 
The QAnon bit stems from the podcast Tim has talked about on the past few episodes called The Rabbit Hole, which is through the New York Times. Um, At some point, I think in episode six or seven of the podcast, they start to mention this kind of under, I wouldn't want to say an underground cult, but just these hidden things that some people believe are true with the establishment and with the government. Um, So that's kind of where this is all stemming from. But I thought that this was a pretty funny uh, interview to go off of and to keep that momentum going. And I'm not sure if they're going to keep throwing in uh, rabbit hole podcast uh, references, but I thought that this was pretty well done and it was funny to hear it all come into shape. Yeah. So QAnon's like this right-wing, just conspiracy theorist uh, group of insane, like the most insane conspiracy theories you could think of that are all sort of Trump-related and shit. But, um, yeah, Proch did a really, I mean, his his dead, you know, deadpan kind of monotone delivery is perfect for this kind of thing. Um, and some of the things I noted that I laughed at were... Um, the fact that he said Hillary Clinton and Obama were both currently under arrest and just wearing like ankle bracelets that we didn't know about um, for whatever reason. Uh, uh, the fact that there's no Corona patients, that's all a hoax. Um, he be- he's been to the hospital and didn't see anybody there. Um, and all the protesters are paid actors. Um, and, uh, Trump brought COVID in so that he could um, so that he could show that he could rebuild the economy. Just just a few of the uh, uh, kind of hilarious uh, theories that Proch did, and I wonder how much they prepped because Pro- they were they just kept kind of pounding. They kept pounding him, and and Proch just had an answer for everything. A very good, you know, funny response from this point of view. So. I wonder how much is prepped when they do those kinds of things, or if just they're just approach just go and he just because it's so absurd it's maybe it's not too hard to uh uh just kind of improvise that sort of uh comedy what do you think you think they're prepping a lot i mean i know they're mark proch is on on cinema and you know i know they're all probably very close it's tough to say i'm sure that they know what questions they're going to ask and it's very rare that they'll stray away from those um, I think the idea, if this is all improvised, where even the questions are improvised, that's pretty funny. Um, mm-hmm. But definitely the responses, there's no way it can be just scripted and like, all right, I'm going to say this and you say that. And they do a table read of it. Like, I don't think that's that thought out. Um, yeah. Yeah. But these are always entertaining, especially if it's a bizarre kind of field that people are cognizant of and the natural state of whatever they're discussing is. Uh, wild enough to the point where even an improvisation of it leads to humor. Yeah, yeah. Really good job by the boys there. Um, Tim played a song. I think he played the song before the uh, QAnon bit, but he played this Neil Young parody song, (laughs) Stop Marching in the Streets, uh, which, you know, I got a chuckle out of... um, Right before this, he took a call. He kind of picked up the guitar during the call, and it was just somebody asking about his favorite Tim and Eric sketch, and he just really, you know, nonchalantly just said, Beaver Boys, of course. Yeah, he, he dodged the question <laughs> for like 30 he just seconds. Said, Beaver Boys. Like, oh, yeah, Beaver and, Boys. 
Sure. And uh, Doug yeah. got a kick out of that. <clears throat> really good response there. And the song was um, a little rough, but sort of funny. I'm, it was nice that he got everybody singing along. That was that was cute. Um, I wrote more marons. I think that uh, I think Tim's thrown in at least a few marons every episode now, which is good. I, I say maron a lot in my own life. End of the regular show uh, ended with kind of a funny Woody Allen impression doing this uh, Jeffrey Epstein bit. Um, that was uh, Tim does a pretty good Woody Allen. I'm not gonna lie. I think it was it was pretty funny. I, I don't know if I've I think I've heard it before, but. He kind of ripped into it a little bit, which was good. I never checked in about the Jasper bowling balls last week, which I, I guess are fake. Um, I guess these, like, City of the Day sponsors are bullshit. Sniffy.com I was pretty sure was fake, but I thought maybe they had... I went to the website because I was like, are they taking this to the point where they're, like, doing a whole, <laughs> you know... Are they putting in the time to like do a whole fake website that's going to go along with this, or is this just complete silly? They they didn't do that. So sniffy.com, there's nothing there. Um, but that was a sort of a strange. Uh, I feel like they're putting a lot of time into these fake adverts. Where I'm surprised they don't. Ha- I mean, you'd think they'd have real ones. I don't know if they're trying to show advertisers like how they would do it or what the point is of of those. What do you think about those? Well, one thing I've noticed on the audio version, if you go through Apple Podcasts, they do have legit ads for it. Like, I think they had one um, hair trimmer that Joe Rogan also sponsored for specifically male genitalia. Like, Tim did the ads for it. So if you listen to the audio version just on podcast app through iTunes, they have real ads there, which I thought was interesting. It's like they break it up into sections of the show and we'll... Oh, they do. They rifle. just cut away with the ads. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just kind of randomly cut them in. Okay. No, yeah. I haven't listened to that. Um, I, did this, does the Sniffy ad still there or do they replace that with a real ad? Uh, I'm sure it's still there. I mean, that's part yeah. of the show. It's the ads yeah. Like, yeah. that they kind of have to edit in. But uh, I don't think the ads take too much time. They probably just find some dumb object and then make a yeah, big company about it. They're like a they're like sync it's like a Cinco uh style product. Right. Um but they're they're very random like I don't know I don't know how they come up with bowling balls and you know the sniffy thing they're like things that are almost believable like the the bowling ball thing seems you know like I could see some you know like indie bowling ball company like you know, trying to, <laughs> I don't know. It sort of made sense, but uh, very, so the fact that they're so close, very good job, guys, with those because they're they might be fooling some people, and that's the point. Um, uh, moving to after hours, um, I can't really remember much about it, but I do. Uh, I did think the most interesting bit was towards the end when a young woman came on and. Ex- kind of walked everybody through a full protest experience in New York and how get you know through getting arrested and, and, and everything so um, I thought that was interesting to kind of take people through what like the you know the kind of average like not too aggressive um, sort of experience would be like if you went out and stayed up stayed out past curfew like what might happen how you get kind of you know, gathered up and brought in and wait around and, and all that situation. I thought that was good information. What'd you think? 
It was fine. Uh, it's cool to get a firsthand perspective and hear exactly what's going on for some people because I think everyone's experience wherever you're uh, partaking in protests is going to be different. Um, in a place like Philadelphia, it's definitely more packed, uh, but some other places might not be as packed. So it can be different for everybody, but it's cool to get those experiences and see how people are intertwining and communicating and um, and honestly, just acknowledging what other people think and if not making it a discussion, at least correcting them. Because I know that was one thing that this uh, listener kept going, or I don't think they went back to it a ton, but they mentioned that their one, uh, one party that they were with said something silly and had to correct them for it. So I think the more exposure people have and the more people talk about these issues, the hopefully more unified and more uh, clear we can be with everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. Lastly, I just wanted to note Tim's weekly email um, that went out to the Patreon subscribers and how he had to address a, a comment on the YouTube section of the um, of the of the episode. Somebody in the comments wrote that they were very disappointed in the show and their lack of, of uh, people of color being represented in the show, especially this week. Um, so Tim responded to that. Um, what are your thoughts there, Carl? Any, um, what do you think about somebody calling them out on that? Um, not really calling them out, but somebody being disappointed. Do you think that's, can you see where they're coming from? Do you think that, um, Tim and the boys are, you know, I think clearly on one side of this thing and, um, doing their thing. Any thoughts there? I think that, the Holy Trinity has a tough job of trying to provide content that's funny in a day and age where um, people just want to know what other people are thinking, whether it's through some post or some written um, situation, whether it's a comment or a caption. Um, everything that's being put out there is now being looked at a little bit more closely. Um, so I understand where both parties are coming from, where somebody just may want to see more of something else, whether it's a wider host basis or a listener basis or conversation basis. Um, but I think you can always show so much interest when you have a set agenda. And I applaud Tim and the crew for intertwining the guests that they have and the conversations that they bring up, but not letting it just be an entire hour and a half of, oh, here's the current day and age stuff that you already saw a ton on social media. Like I, I, I go to this to look at something different that's funny, even if it's just drops and conversations that um, I didn't plan on listening to. So mm-hmm. I think that the crew specifically involved, and I guess we can focus in on Tim's letter. I thought Tim did an awesome job of responding and saying that they care about the situation that's going on and they care about these topics and they're doing what they can. That's really all they can do. And yeah. as time goes on, you know, they can keep adding in more, but at some point they're going to hold true to these core values of what the show has been and what they want to see become of it. Yeah. Um, he did put some uh, links in his note and um, they did the pandemic fundraiser. This That was, you know, 
last week, uh, which it's funny how, you know, the situation is so much, if you're, if you thought about doing a fundraiser or any kind of donation based thing, um, the fact that just a week ago, um, they were talking about a different thing to raise money for, but yeah, maybe they could do another thing like that where they, um, uh, you know, use some aspect of the show to, to raise money for one of these causes and some of these organizations. But yeah, I agree. Tim, Tim responded. And I think he said, yeah, they're looking to have, um, people of color and different people to come on the show and broaden the diversity of the show. It's interesting. Yeah. That people are, like you said, now getting, everything's being looked at under a microscope. People are being called out. Um, there's a lot of people, it's just people are seeing things with different eyes now. And, um, it makes for an interesting landscape for these kind of things, for these podcasts, for these comedic kind of uh, things. But yeah, good response, and I think yeah, his title "We Can All Grow and We Can All We All Can Learn" is um, good. And the Black Lives Matter dot uh, com, which is pretty much what he linked to, has a bunch of great resources. If anybody's looking to get involved somehow, and they you know maybe can't get out in the streets to protest or march. Um, there's loads of things you can do. Um, one thing I want to make people aware of from my own life is uh, I have a record label called Tiger Shrimp Records, and this week all the proceeds of revenue of sales of online merch, uh, digital downloads, any kind of purchases from any of our artists are going to um, different organizations that the artists have chose. And um, so if you go to tigershrimprecords.com or you check out the Instagram, Tiger Shrimp Records, all the info is there. You can uh, support a little record label, buy a, buy a vinyl record or a T-shirt or a digital download. And for this week until next Monday, uh, all the proceeds will go to um, different organizations. So hopefully we raised some money. Already got a couple orders right after we launched it so that's good so everybody's got to do their part carl you got to keep skateboarding through the street is it hard to skateboard with a sign or did you not have a sign i didn't make a sign but i wore an orange shirt for all right gun awareness very good very good um all right well anything else this uh this week carl anything you want to learn i see a tattoo under your arm any any story there uh yeah, there Personal? is, but we can save it for another episode. Another episode. All right, yeah. you got it. Um, um, I haven't heard Linkin Park drops before. Those were new. Uh-huh. Um, I, they did that early on in the episode. Yeah, they were, like, hitting all these, like, Limp Biscuit and, you know, all these, like, super hard, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like they came out of the gate just, like, swinging with sort of this aggressive, uh, you know, kind of tone out of the gate, which I thought was the right tone yeah. to get things going. Uh, Doug also did a funny voiceover uh, for Jay the Intern when he couldn't get the audio through. I thought that Doug did well with that awkward, like none of Jay's voice was going through. So it was nice that Doug picked up the pieces and just started to riff on some Philly stuff. I thought that was funny. Um, mm-hmm. Tim also had a Temple story and I've always wanted to call in and get more stories out of him from his time at Temple because that's where I went to school and the tattoo mm-hmm. I have is kind of related to that. Um, ah. So 
we can save that for another episode but i thought that cool um i mean i didn't see any real big issues with the audio or the video so hopefully from here on out we're on a good path with the holy trinity yeah it was smooth i didn't watch live um i was actually working on another podcast but um yeah it seemed like yeah it would have worked totally fine you watched live right yes okay i I think i watched it while i was playing uh n64 N64, Carl, yeah. with a throwback. Yeah, my. You uh, must have been youngest. You must have been very young when N64 came out. Yeah, it was five or six. But uh, oh wow! Yeah. You know, it's one of what, those nostalgia. What things. uh, what game are you playing? I actually am playing through Conker's Bad Fur Day for the first time. I don't know what that is. It's like one of the more vulgar games that came out for the N64 and even PlayStation hmm. One, but uh. Yeah, it's out there, and that's one I never played, and my buddy randomly bought it on eBay for however much money, and when I heard he got it, I had to dig out my N64 and give it a go, so yeah, I, I'm not going to lie, I was half listening, and uh, oh, Carl with the half that's, listening. that's why I'm such a bad host for this, no. Playing, but, uh, playing video games. Yeah, uh, did, did you ever play Ocarina of Time? Yeah, I have that, and I've also... Um, have you beaten it? Oh yeah, duh. Oh um, okay. okay. Majora's Mask is more my speed, and just that. Overall. I couldn't get. I could not get through Majora's Mask. It was too hard. It yeah. was too confusing, and I it just wasn't as enjoyable. The music and stuff was just kind of painful. I thought, but uh, you got through it. Majora's Mask. You beat it. Oh yeah. I think at one point I got you... all the masks, and you know, with Zelda games, you if you're gonna replay it, it's just you have to acknowledge you're gonna give X amount of hours, and that's. Like, after a yeah. certain point, you, you don't really want to deal with, I got to learn this song again. I've got to run through uh-huh. this whole thing. So, um, yeah, that whole Zelda, I don't know if you want to call it a franchise or the whole Zelda it's a franchise. universe. I'm a, I'm universe, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What about the um, what about Breath of the Wild? Have you played the, the new stuff? Yep. I played it originally on the Wii U, and then when I bought my Nintendo Switch, my buddy had Breath of the Wild and he threw that in when I bought it. So I think I've played through that three times, two times on what? regular. And then a third time. You played time, through it? Yeah. On the three times? Yeah. Oh my God. So you're an insane gamer is what we're learning right now. I mean, once you get through <laughs> it, you realize that there's stuff you have to do and then stuff you don't have to do. Um, Did you, do you use, do you use walkthroughs or anything or you just? No. No, not no, for Breath of the just, Wild. Like I think I you got just figured the, it all out. Yeah, I think for the exploration bit of Breath of the Wild, I knocked that out when I first played it, and then the second and third, it was more so just everything else that I didn't do. Um, but the how many hours? Time, how many hours are we talking for Breath of the Wild? That's I haven't like, checked it, but I mean, if we had to talk shit. all the times I played it, it's definitely over a hundred. Yeah. Wow. Oh my God. I. Uh, yeah, I'm like, you know, I just, I can't I can't even wrap my head around having to cook food and all that stuff. Like this shit is it's too much for me. But I don't know. I think I'm too old for like these games where you have to like. The reason I liked Ocarina of Time was that like it it went pretty deep, but not so deep where it's like okay, now every item that's available in the whole world is something you need to use and just a little uh you know I don't know just my. My brain it couldn't do it. It's a beautiful game. I, I love just running around. Um, 
but yeah, and, and I just, yeah, I couldn't, haven't get enough time, obviously. I think I've played only a handful of times, so that's probably why, but. All right, Carl's a gamer. Good to know. Um, well, if that's all you have, I think we can leave it till uh, till next week. Um, anything else, Carl? I'm good. That was, Perfect. That was good. All right, buddy. Well, stay safe out there. Um, support everybody. The people. Yeah. Support everybody and, and be nicer. Everybody hang in there. Support everybody. Be nicer. Um, and uh, we'll see where we're at next week. We'll see what kind of world we live in next week. Um, I have a friend who's predicting aliens are coming soon. And all of these, you know, weekly uh, insane news stories and, and uh, you know, occurrences and tragedies and things are just prepping for when aliens come that we're not so shocked. Um, so we'll see if that comes into fruition. I thought that was an interesting theory. Uh, but, yeah, till next time, check out TigerShrimpRecords.com and TigerShrimpRecords on Instagram for a way to help out. And uh, that's all. See you next time. See you next week, Carl. See you, Mike. Take care, everybody. Take care, everybody.